Coming up on Tech News Weekly, Jason Howell and I talk about Samsung, which had a big week. Mr. Mobile, a.k.a. Michael Fisher, joins us to talk about the Galaxy Z Flip and, I guess, the Galaxy S20. We also talked to Mike Murphy of Protocol about MWC Barcelona's cancellation. It may not impact big companies, but smaller ones could be hurt by the decision. And then a chat with Android Central's Daniel Bader about Andy Rubin and the end of Essential. Plus, laser guns, pew, 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 and a moratorium on facial recognition. Stay tuned. Tech News Weekly is brought to you from LastPass Studios. Securing every access point in your company doesn't have to be a challenge. LastPass unifies access and authentication to make securing your employees simple and secure. Check out lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is twit. This is Tech News Weekly, episode 120, recorded Thursday, February 13th, 2020. This episode of Tech News Weekly is brought to you by LastPass. Reused passwords are compromising the security of businesses worldwide. LastPass will ensure that your employees are using passwords securely by generating strong passwords for them. Visit lastpass.com slash twit to learn more. And by IT Pro TV, get the most up-to-date IT training with IT Pro TV. Their video courses, virtual labs, and practice tests will give you everything you need to become a successful IT professional. Visit itpro.tv slash tnw for an additional 30% off for the lifetime of your active subscription. Just use code TNW30 at checkout. And by Zapier, Zapier connects all your business software and handles the work for you so you can focus on what matters most. Right now through the end of the month, go to zapier.com slash tnw for your free 14-day trial. Hello and welcome to Tech News Weekly. Oh, yes, you've come to the right place. Yes. And by come to the right place, I mean you subscribe to the podcast and we've delivered to you automatically. Welcome to my castle, where every week we talk to and about the people making and breaking the tech news. Oh, my goodness, you're not going to do that the whole show, are you? I am the wizard, <laughs> Micah Sargent. <laughs> and I'm Jason Howell. I'm running for the hills. I'm <laughs> Don't scared run of the wizard. For the hills. I have Sargent. so much power I can bring you back. <laughs> Back in an abracadabra. That's okay, I'm true. done. I'm okay, done. I, I, I succumb to that. It's good to have you back. Thank you. I'm happy to be back in the dragon saddle. The dragon. The the dragon saddle. That works for me. Sort <laughs> Thank of. you. Uh, okay, a lot of really interesting big news. <laughs> You'll get over it. It's okay. Just do you, you you nurse yourself back Am to I really here? back to health. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, first and foremost of all the big news stories, I would say this was Samsung's big week. Absolutely. Usually, we get to the end of Samsung's yearly unpacked event, clamoring over the next Galaxy S device. And while the S twenty was indeed announced. It's interesting enough on its own, for sure, that was not the star of the show. Joining us to talk about the Galaxy Z Flip is Michael Fisher, a.k.a. Mr. Mobile. Welcome, Michael. Jason, Micah, thank you for having me. And please excuse my voice as I continue to recover from this 
lingering sickness. Winter in the Northeast is no joke. That's okay. So, it, it's all right if you're a wizard as well. Yeah. Both you and Micah yeah. can be wizards at the same time. Well, I, fell, I fell out of the dragon saddle and I, I have not been able to get back in. So this is, the, you know, I, I feel like I'm in the right place. In light of that, we're really happy that you could take some time and drink your tea on our show with us. So thank you for happy joining us. Here. Um, you. So you were at the Samsung event. We were merely spectating, but you were there in the den of the dragon. Uh, <laughs> prior to all the announcements what were your expectations of the Z Flip? Because we kind of knew it was, I mean, yet another ex example of knowing literally everything before going in. Yeah, right. How disappointing that this secret couldn't have been kept a little bit better because, it, you know, it really was the most exciting thing of the of the announcement to me. And I think a lot of people. So uh, you, I, I feel like there was a an absolute nadir of surprise. I mean, I, you know, they, they announced this thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's a square uh, folding, vertically folding smartphone, very much like the Galaxy Fold. I wish I'd been blown away by it in terms of like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. But it turns out there was enough to the product that uh, there's there's still enough to get excited about. Hmm. Okay, so we're uh, we're taking a look at a little bit of your hands-on. Of course, everybody that was at the event got uh, limited time with these devices, right? A little bit of right. time with the Z Flip, a little bit of time with the S twenty. We'll talk about the S twenty in a second. Um, so you did you haven't had time enough time to like live with this device necessarily. It comes out literally at the end of this week, which is pretty impressive that they're doing the yeah, announcement tomorrow. and then a couple of days later. A device of this type is going to be released, but you spent you spent some time with it. I think an hour. Like, what, what were your thoughts after that time? Yeah, that's true. I, you know, getting to to go hands on with the thing for an, an uninterrupted hour was really important because you see the thing, you understand the concept kind of immediately, right? It's like, oh, well, it's it's like the Galaxy Fold, except it's inverted. You know, it folds along the opposite axis, so it's kind of a lot more like the Motorola Razor. Um, but until you actually hold the thing and, and, and can kind of feel out that hinge and listen to it and, and yes, rub your thumb along the crease and determine all of that, like you, you don't, you don't fully understand what's been accomplished here. Now, honestly, I think that's what a lot of people are getting so excited about for me. Um, maybe we'll talk about it in a second. I think industrial design wise, aesthetically, there are things that I like a lot more about the razor. The Z flip is a bit, bit of a kind of a box. But uh, the improvement in less than a year uh, from where Samsung started in terms of its foldable journey is, is kind of incredible. I mean, from the, from the ultra-thin glass to the hinge design to these little weirdo nylon fibers they have inside the hinge to keep the, keep the dust out. Um, it's, it's, it's really – I came away impressed almost universally. With a few exceptions. Oh, yeah, that almost universally. Well, yeah. so, so, I mean, that's my kind of first thing is – We've seen the. Uh, I mean, you were you're kind of holding them up. The 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 mistakes of of phones past, and I'm really oh, curious. Man. Kind of now holding this thing and playing with this thing. I mean, kind of looking at it, I could almost hear some creaking <laughs> as I was just mm -hmm. watching the video. Do you feel like this is a phone that you can bloop, 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 without any concerns, or how how does it feel in comparison to uh, the fold that you have there? So. Here's the thing. I want to say that this, the Galaxy Fold, we all know what kind of a rough start it had. I mean, it was, you, you almost couldn't have launched a, a more troubled device to begin with. 
But I feel like what's not as present in the consciousness is that once it was re-released with this with this new design, Samsung actually did effectively fix a lot of the issues that plagued the first round. Mm -hmm. So I own this one. I mean, I bought this on New Year's Eve um, or, or New Year's Day or something like that. Uh, so I'm, you know, what is that? I'm, I'm like 40 days in. Sure. I have never felt like I need to baby the fold outside the first three or four days when I'm really paranoid. You know what I mean? Like this thing is a champ. The hinge is is really well constructed. I've I, I, I kind of I don't throw it around, but I certainly don't don't coddle it. And I felt the same about the Z Flip. That hinge on the Z Flip just feels like it feels like you chopped the Galaxy Fold hinge in half because you had to. You're right because it's a, it's a different axis, and you could just do this like all day. You can just butterfly the thing, and it doesn't creak like the Motorola Razor. And I don't want to beat up on the Razor because there's a lot I like about it. I think it's getting a bum rap. But it is certainly – the Z Flip's hinge certainly leaves you feeling like you um, – like it will last you two years. Hmm, you know okay. what I mean? Hmm. All right. So then um, let's let's double down on that. Why do you feel the Razor is getting a bum rap by comparison? Because I feel like everyone who had their hands on time with this device at the showroom, like all the articles were vi incredibly positive. Like, oh, Samsung did it. They nailed this where, you know, and, and many were, were throwing in the little jab at, at Motorola Razor to say, and, you know, Motorola failed, but Samsung did it. Why the divide there? And how do you, how does your opinion differ on that? I think the source of a lot of that is entirely authentic and 100% accurate. Look, Samsung is selling the Z Flip for, um, I think, over $100 less. And in exchange, you get a bigger battery, you get a better display, you get arguably a more, a more polished industrial design, you get wireless charging, you get reverse wireless charging, for God's sake, you get Android 10, uh, an ultra-wide camera, all of these things that the Razer does not bundle in. Um, so I understand the love affair that everyone's having with the Z Flip. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to spending more time with it and doing a direct comparison. It just seems to me that people are, as a result of all of this heavy spec loading, willing to forgive the Z Flip for things that um, are going to be really annoying. Have you guys seen the external display on the thing? Because I mean, if you it's blink, tiny. you'll miss it. <laughs> no, it's not tiny. It's a pinky nail. And I love that Samsung put on a touch layer so that you can tap it to answer calls and you can scroll through your messages and stuff. But it is, it's, it's literally like maybe one and a half of my pinky nails. Oh, wow. And like you try and take a selfie with this thing in your head, like it, it letterboxes your head. So you just <laughs> right. kind of see your eyes <laughs> right. and you're know, yeah. like, Wilson, <laughs> why even put this on there? Like you essentially, if you buy the Z flip, you have to buy a galaxy watch to go with it. You cannot rely on that external display for everything. And that, factors into a lot of complaints that people already have about foldables. I have, for some reason, a lot of pragmatists in my followers, which is weird because I like weird future leaning stuff. Um, and they're all like, why am I going to be so annoyed if I have to flip open this phone every time? And that's one where one area the razor really, really does win like this giant external display, mm. giant by comparison, mm. oh, which yeah. you can actually do Big stuff time. on and triage notifications and change your podcast up and use Google Assistant. Like you can do a lot without opening the razor. You can't do anything without opening the Z Flip. So that's the one area. Interesting. One of the uh, features that really piqued my interest going into this, because I'm still somewhat confused about it, is the foldable glass 
display, the fact that it's a glass display versus a plastic uh, display that we've seen on the other foldables, including Samsung's previous uh, Galaxy Fold. So, like, what what is your impression of that look, feel, how it even how it even functions? I mean, what do you think about that? So I can speak to it from a practical standpoint. Um, I am deeply ashamed to admit that I spent an hour with this phone, putting my hands all over it, and never once just stopped for one second to register the difference between <laughs> how my thumb felt on the Fold and how my thumb feels on the Z Flip. Because uh, Marquez, uh, David, a bunch of other people have said that, oh, yeah, it, it certainly feels um, like glass because it is glass. Right. I think the the practical benefit for me is, look – what I want is a screen that doesn't have a have a visible crease in it. The Galaxy Fold and the Z Flip both have this same very pronounced visible gutter. You feel it when your thumb goes across it. It's distracting. It's not so distracting that I think you shouldn't buy the product. It's just like, nah, I'm paying this much for a device that feels ugh, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, and again, sorry to bring it back to the Razer for a second, but I feel like Motorola like wins there too. You can't really see it on my poor webcam feed, but this screen doesn't really have a crease when it's open because of the the design of the hinge and but again but it's a plastic screen right so right. this is going to be much more susceptible to scratches and rubs and fingernail damage and all that kind of stuff and so is a galaxy fold whereas z flip in theory because it is literally glass despite that crease um it should it should be a more durable display over time mm. we'll see fingers crossed yeah, yeah, remains to be seen. Um, now, I would love to talk to you all day about this, but we really don't have a whole lot more time. But I do want to touch in on what would have been the biggest announcement if this was last year and there was no Z Flip, mm -hmm. which would be the S20. And, uh, you know, people can obviously expect what to find from the S20. It's a, it's a, you know, spec bomb. It's a spec bomb, you know, updated, better camera, all this kind of stuff. What we've come to expect from Samsung. Do you think that Samsung has diminished? The importance of the S20 by coupling up the announcement and the release of the S20 with the Z Flip? Like, are they detracting at all from their portfolio by doing that? I don't think so. I think strategically, I would have done the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a big, splashy thing where you're going to bring everybody to San Francisco and as much media as you can, um, you're going to show them if you do it the way they did, hey, not only are we pushing the boundaries with this Z Flip and the Galaxy Fold and whatever's coming next in our crazy division, our skunk works, but also, hey, remember how we own like basically the entire Android ecosystem <laughs> in, in terms of profit, in terms of volume, in terms of all that kind of stuff? Well, here's, here's our latest with that too. So no, if I were Samsung, I would have done it exactly as they did. That being said, um, I do find the S20 line a bit of a shame because – you know, we're used to these spec bumps year after year. Uh, you guys said it right. I mean, they're, they're, they're iterative spec enhancements. But the S20 Ultra in particular really brings a lot of stuff that I've wanted for ages. Uh, when I used that Huawei P30 Pro with its very similar camera array last spring, I was like, God, I just want this on a, on a phone that we can buy in North America. Yeah. And now we have that thanks we to Samsung. It, and there's, yeah, right. And you've got the high... Uh, display refresh rate. You've got that massive battery. You've got all this really cool stuff. But uh, the S20 line to me this year seems to be just begging to blend into the background. They have put they've put them in the most boring colors imaginable. They're just rectangles. Um, even the screen curve, the waterfall screen, which I didn't like very much. I'm glad to see that's gone. 
Um, but it, again, it's just subtracting yet another thing that made these distinctive at all. Mm-hmm. So y- you can't y- you can't help but be more excited almost about something like the Z Flip, which is like, oh wow, something new, as opposed to oh yeah, okay, that's that's a gray or black box. That's that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, although the S twenty supports five G. The Z Flip mm. does not, but really, like you know, <gasps> oh man, who really cares? Who's going to really care about that? Or people my, will my think that they care about that? Going crazy, exactly. Yeah. People oh, will think man. that they care about that because right. they're being fed that yes. uh, from companies, mm-hmm. and Good they probably God. won't for years. The I Super Bowl mean, at this point. And so yeah, as 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 uh, Ryan Whitman was saying, I think uh, the other day on uh, on All About Android, like it's. It's going to be a year or more before anybody really needs to care about that, unless you have a 5G millimeter wave node on the light pole outside <laughs> right of your outside bedroom window. window. <laughs> then you're then yeah then definitely buy one. Well, you know those those five people they're going to be stoked. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, everyone else <laughs> just going to have to wait. Michael Fisher, always great talking with you, man. I love your perspective on this stuff, uh, Mr. Mobile, of course, or the Mr. Mobile. I'm sorry, I forgot the the uh, YouTube.com/slash/the Mr. Mobile is where people can go to follow your work. That's exactly right. Yeah, thank you very much for having me, Jason right and Michael. Both. It's yeah. always a pleasure. Right and hopefully next time I come back on, I'll be able to. I'll be a little more audible. <laughs> I don't know. I think it, I, th- I think it's a good sound for you. Uh, <laughs> it's a nice, a nice raspy quality. I think it works for you. I'm gonna get back to smoking there. cigars. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Thanks again, man. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. See you. All right. Coming up, Mobile World Congress. Big deal in the mobile space mm-hmm. and phone world, mm-hmm. but it's canceled. Bye-bye. Mike Murphy from Protocol is going to talk about who the biggest loser is in that story. But first, this episode of Tech News Weekly is brought to you by LastPass. The global password security report uh, you may have seen recently came out, revealed some interesting findings of the trends in credential management, access, and authentication throughout businesses worldwide. And did you know that employees have been known to reuse a password 13 times on average. 13 times on average. 49% is the average security score of over 47,000 businesses already using LastPass. This means ongoing password reuse is hampering those scores. So LastPass helps solve these access and authentication challenges for businesses uh, through unified password management, also single sign-on, also multi-factor authentication. So many different pieces of security wrapped up in the LastPass offering. That's why I love it. You can manage password security with over 100 customizable policies. And LastPass recently rolled out passwordless authentication options for employees so you can actually log into your work without typing a password. And, uh, you know, I don't like passwords. So if I don't have to type it and I know I'm secure, that's like a win-win. They also offer a single sign-on portal with over 1,200 applications, uh, making sure that your employees are securely logged in uh, to different sites doesn't have to be painful. It does not have to be a pain. You can get the LastPass browser extension and start solving your access and authentication challenges today, right, what, right away, immediately. LastPass goes above and beyond to ensure security for all of their users. Your data is, of course, encrypted and decrypted at the device level. Your data is kept secret, even from LastPass because of that. Your master password and the keys that are used to encrypt and decrypt data are never sent to LastPass servers. They're never accessible by LastPass. 
And as the gold standard, they engage trusted, world-class third-party security firms to conduct routine audits and testing of their service and their infrastructure. We use LastPass Enterprise here at Twit. We love it. Um, I've been using LastPass for years, but it really just opens the playing field uh, as far as like uh, when you have the share authentication with with somebody else in your organization. It keeps that secure. It makes sure it just makes it easy to to basically pick. A authentically uh, driven password that is not used on any other sites, and that's so important. Uh, not to mention long character counts, all sorts of symbols and everything. These things would be impossible to remember on the fly. Thankfully, LastPass manages that for you. You need LastPass for you and your business with their amazing features that are going to improve security across your company and make life easier for your users. Visit LastPass.com/twit, and you can find out how they can help you. That's lastpass.com slash twit. And we thank LastPass for their support of Tech News Weekly. All right. MWC Barcelona, which, of course, is the event we all still call Mobile World Congress, despite it being renamed MWC Barcelona years ago. Um, it's canceled this year. What? Uh, the GSMA, the group in charge, uh, has decided to cancel the event, saying that the coronavirus outbreak has made it, quote, impossible to continue with the event. Mike Murphy from Protocol is here to talk about why it's canceled and why that matters. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for joining us. Hey, how's it going? Going well, going well. Uh, you know, I, I want to kick things off, first of all, with uh, the headline of your piece. I think that that kind of drills in on what this story really is about. And uh, so the, I'll read it quickly. MWC Barcelona 2020 is canceled. Here's who gets hurt. So let's talk about it. Who gets hurt from this? So I think, um, as, as I say in, in the story that, you know, the big companies are, are, are pretty much going to be fine. Either they're uh, going to be hosting, you know, their product launches on the web or they'll delay them to other times. But there's, there's a lot of smaller companies that may have relied on MWC as the, as the time and the only chance they would have seen to, to get vendors, to get suppliers, to get clients, to get investors. You know, this might have been their big spend for the year. Um, there's there's a lot of companies over the years that I've gone to MWC and, and other events where, um, you know, the, the stuff that I've ended up covering has been the things I've come across serendipitously. And, um, you know, similar to that, the, the economy of Barcelona, it, it really has MWC baked in now. It's been going there for about 14 years. Um, and uh, I forget the exact number, but it's something around 500 million euros is spent on um, in the city e each year during MWC. And there's over, I think, 1,400 or no, sorry, 14,000 jobs that are created temporarily just for MWC. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys have been, but there's every station in the city will have like dozens of volunteers or, or paid workers uh, showing people where to go. There's people everywhere making sure this thing runs smoothly. So this is a huge loss for the city and also a big loss for, for a lot of smaller companies. Right. So one of the things that I hear uh, is, you know, it, yes, it's a, it's a loss for the small companies, but the big companies will continue to uh, be fine and will make their deals elsewhere. So can you talk a little bit about Mobile World Congress, you know, as a, a journalist, a tech journalist covering it, and maybe as the folks out there who uh, are privy to the event as a place where 
announcements might happen, new products or new ideas might take place. Is this one of those, quote, quote unquote, room where it happens kind of events where there are a lot of deals that take place? Do we not just do that over email and Skype calls when Skype decides to work? Um, I think that there's a, a certain amount of deals uh, that are they're always going to be done in, in person. The same way that I might serendipitously come across somebody, some telco might come across a, a random vendor they've never known about and, and strike up a conversation at the bar or something like that, or one of the, the myriad events around Barcelona uh, that take place during the, the event. Um, you know, the, yeah, a lot of the big stuff, it's not like Ericsson is probably going to be signing new 5G deals off the bat at MWC, but, you know, there might be leads that come out of it. Um, and I do think that there are smaller things that, that take place. Um, and a good example of that is a lot of the major companies that are there, they'll have their booth uh, that like anyone can go to. And then they'll have this big other part that'll have security gates in front of it that nobody can get into unless they have um you know, they're, unless they're a vendor or unless they're like a, 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 some public servant, like I can't as a journalist even get into some of these places. Um, and those are places where important people at the company meet important people at other companies. So a uh, loss of opportunity there, although I'm also seeing a little bit of uh, action on Twitter where, you know, a lot of especially the journalists who are going there to report on this. You know, their their tickets are bought. They're non-refundable. Their hotels are reserved. They're non-refundable, and so they're like, "Well, I mean, MWC might not be happening, but I'm going anyways." And anyone who decides to stick around, like maybe maybe we can create some sort of grassroots some meet you know meetings uh, with some of these companies that aren't happening in the facility itself, but happening outside. Do you think they'll find success in that? What have you heard along those lines? Yeah, I think that uh, some people are still going to go. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I, you know, bite the bullet on this this plane ticket or, or what. Um, but I know that some companies have said, well, you know, we were planning on doing briefings anyway. We're going. You know, we we if enough people say that they're still going, well, we're still going to do them. Uh, they just won't be at the uh, convention center. Right. I I think that that might be helpful because you know a lot of these conferences are the only opportunity that a lot of international companies get to. Um, you know, talk to Western media or, you know, uh, international companies talking uh, to, to people they wouldn't have had access to before. Um, so there's definitely that possibility, but I don't think we're going to see anything on a particularly large scale. You, you mentioned in your piece um, that experts agree that this was uh, the right decision to make. I'd love it if you talked a little bit more about that because I see some kind of competing uh, information there where we have, especially here in the United States, there are a lot of uh, epidemiologists and other doctors warning uh, against getting overly frightened about something. And, you know, here are the ways you can protect yourself. And here are the ways you don't need to worry about protecting yourself, including I remember seeing a photo of a man on an airplane on an airplane, wearing a full uh, sort of personalized air bubble suit uh in his seat you're and going a little too far on that one you might might be might Maybe. be i mean yeah. hey i i whatever did, you, you do you, do you, you. i guess yeah yes. but my question is you know why was this the right decision to make 
as opposed to uh, if CES maybe was taking place now where we might still see that uh, in Vegas? Why was it the right decision for Barcelona? Why have experts said, yeah, that was a, probably a good thing to do? Well, I would I would expect that if this had happened during CES, we would have seen the same thing happen, most likely. I, I doubt this would have gone ahead if the coronavirus uh, had spread so massively at that point. Um, but on top of that, I think that the reason that this is big compared to like walking down the street in San Francisco or New York is the confluence of people and the places that they could have come from or met with other people uh, that could have come from places is going to just massively be so much higher at a conference where there's over 100,000 people in attendance. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it might not be that you were coming from Wuhan or Hubei province, but, you know, you might have been at the airport where there was a, a you know, a, a super infector that could potentially have gotten on your flight. And it's like conferences are the exact thing that are going to that you're going to want to hold off on if you're trying to curtail a uh, uh, a pandemic, I think, um, you know, and there were people from all over, um, the world that were coming to this. It wasn't just, uh, Western media. It wasn't just Eastern media or, you know, companies from wherever it's people from all over. Um, that being said, I, I, I don't know, maybe there could have just been a scaled back conference and, and, you know, there could have just been like at the Samsung event the other day, there were, uh, people, um, you know, just testing people's temperatures with, uh, electronic, uh, monitors. MWC said they were going to do that. Um, maybe that would have been enough, but I think the real issue was even if there wasn't going to have been an issue um, on the, on the conference floor, enough companies had pulled out yeah. where it was seeming seemingly untenable to actually have the conference anymore. Now we see. I, I saw that you sort of talked about some of the things you, you talked about the serendipity and in, in the smaller companies that might not do so hot because of the cancellation of this. Um, but one of the big things with Mobile World Congress, obviously, when you've got this big group of folks that talk about phones and the communication between devices, is uh, something like five G. But it looks like. Regardless, 5G is immune to the coronavirus is sort of what uh, your article seems to state, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, there, there might be announcements. There might be uh, holdups. Um, if there are production parts that need to come from places in China that are under lockdown still, you know, there will be disruptions there. But, you know, as I said, the big companies are not really going to be massively affected by this. And, you know, for the last, I don't know, four or five years I feel like all anyone's talked about at MWC is 5G is almost here. This is the year of 5G. And it's like this year it actually is. So it almost doesn't matter that in from, from a 5G perspective that, uh, you know, we're not all there to trumpet that this is the year of 5G because, you know, Samsung just put out all their new phones and they're all 5G ready. Um, I could look out the window right here on a building across the street and see a small cell. So you know, this is this is happening. We're getting we're getting close. You're you're the one. You, you the literally our last interview. We spoke with Michael Fisher, uh, Mr. Mobile, about this, and 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 you were the one of the five people that we mentioned where we said, you know, unless you have a, one of these transmitters right outside your window, <laughs> dot dot oh, dot. It's, yeah, it's, it's right. you. 
Wow. <laughs> okay, well, well, I'm, I'm in Midtown, New York, you know? Yeah, okay, okay. But uh, admittedly, like, it was very, it was way less difficult to find you than I thought it was going to be, so. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. <laughs> uh, Mike Murphy of Protocol, we do appreciate you joining us and uh, sort of talking about this. If uh, people want to follow along with your work online, where do they head? Uh, you can head to protocol.com or uh, follow me on Twitter at MCWM. Yeah, congrats on your position to Protocol. I love what you guys are doing so far. Everybody should definitely Thanks. check it out. Protocol.com. Mike, thank you again. Of course. Thanks for having me. All righty. Up next, we will be talking with Android Central's Daniel Bader about the shuttering or the sunsetting closure. The cancellation. Stoppage. Yeah. Cancellation. <laughs> Eh, whatever it is of essential. Uh, but first, it's essential that I tell you this episode of Tech News Weekly is brought to you by IT Pro TV. As a busy working professional, it can be difficult to learn new skills or make a career change. IT Pro TV has made learning IT and finishing IT certifications possible. See, students are able to learn quickly and at their own pace when their time allows it. IT Pro TV offers binge-worthy learning for IT professionals and always keeps their content fresh as the IT world is constantly changing. It's in their core values to have content that is current, relevant, and up-to-date. They're continuously filming out of six high-definition studios, providing you with training for what's in the IT field today. You're going to get the latest exam objectives, new certifications, updated software releases, redesigned interfaces, and so much more. Plus, another awesome feature is free members can watch the daily live stream at no cost. So that way you get to watch as they're creating. IT Pro TV's co-founders created IT Pro TV because it's the IT training they wanted to have for themselves. It's engaging, it's conversational, it's affordable, and it's convenient. There are over 4,000 hours of IT training that they offer and they're the official video training partner for CompTIA and have 12 CompTIA on-demand courses, including CompTIA A+, Network+, and Security+, certs. See how IT Pro TV can make it easy for you to grow your career. Go to itpro.tv slash TNW and use the code TNW30 to receive 30% off. That's itpro.tv slash TNW and use the code TNW30 for an additional 30% off for the lifetime of your active subscription. IT Pro TV, build or expand your IT career and enjoy the journey. Thanks so much. Thank you, IT Pro TV. All right, the long and winding road of essential appears to be done, though. That's it. I love it. it when you sing. I'm usually the singer. I'm so glad you're singing. Well. You know, you can expect that uh, probably never again. Okay. But uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, how we got here is complicated. It's messy. And so we have Daniel Bader from Android Central joining us to work our way through the muck. You're going to get messy, <laughs> so we don't have to, Daniel. Welcome to the show. When it comes to Essential, it's always messy. It's been <laughs> it that really way from is. the very beginning. From the very beginning. It's so great to see you, man. It's been a while. Uh, thank Thanks you for, for hopping on. Me. So. Let's start here. Um, were you personally surprised to hear from the company that they're closing up shop? Did you expect it? Uh, did it take you by surprise? What do you think? No, I, I think it was just a matter of time. You know, they uh, the company had had been in the center at the center of Andrew Rubin's personal controversies, and um, I think when the company 
unveiled or Ruben himself came back to Twitter uh, late last year and unveiled the the gem, this like really long and skinny smartphone slash smart home companion thing. We never really learned what it was going to (laughs) be. He was just completely railroaded by critics, you know, very, very upset that he would deign to come back into public view um, given just how how much scrutiny he'd been under. And uh, that was that. I think the writing was on the wall. I think Essential needed more money. You know, they couldn't indefinitely indefinitely continue to to just uh, raise to to take Ruben's own money. And now that they were no longer a part of um, of Ruben's uh, playground incubator, they really didn't have a source of of venture capital to work with. So they're really kind of they were hurting in in terms of raising money and no nobody's going to give them anything else so the writing was on the wall and that's it so before there was essential there was andy rubin who at one point and still is i guess andy rubin is still alive so it's not like he doesn't exist anymore uh but before essential in this story andy rubin created android for all intents and purposes he's kind of dubbed the father of android let's say so he had quite a, a pedigree quite quite a career prior to essential um things change so dramatically for andy rubin um if if you could summarize just real quick like how how that shift happened and uh whether whether this should have been so easy to see uh all along that this would happen ultimately yeah so andy rubin left google uh, he was the he created danger uh which was um a company that uh, created the sidekick and uh, that was released in I believe 2007 2006 and uh, Google came to to see this as a uh, you know as an es- essential as a um, fundamental part of what it wanted to do with with the future of mobile and purchased danger he then came on to lead the Android division and built it into what it is or was when he left the company in 2014 uh, T- taking a massive $90 million exit package with him. Uh, obviously, it was vested stock and a whole bunch of other stuff. And in, you know, we didn't really know why he left. He left because he had transitioned out of Android. He was running a robotics division within Google. And uh, it, was, it was believed that he was coming, to, uh, coming into conflict with a bunch of the executives at, at the company. But, but in 2018, the New York Times posted a, a very long and detailed history of his time at Google, uh, along with claims of sexual harassment and misconduct that happened at the company uh, that eventually forced him out due to just repeated HR violations. And uh, he started Essential in 2015 with the goal of sort of re-establishing himself as, the, as a um, as a as a leader in both Android hardware and software, but with a mind to expanding it into a smart home platform. So the with the understanding that by 2017, when the Essential Phone came out, the phone was really the center of your smart home, and he built it with that in mind. There was going to be a smart home uh, companion product that they would release later on, which never materialized. But the Essential Phone was well received, and uh, it was a modular device that uh, people to this day really like. It was beautifully designed, it was simple, and it received updates like the Pixel phones. And here we are, um, you know, almost three years later, and the Pixel and the uh, Essential phone 
just received its last security patch on February 3rd. Mm -hmm. So that is that. We are no longer uh, going to see anything from from Essential, including the gem phone that I mentioned at the beginning. Yeah, and the gem phone, that is such a curiosity. Because um, I remember when that came out, I mean, the, people were either responding and reacting to the oddity of the device itself. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just don't understand why long and thin device is better, you know, yeah. <laughs> like makes usability any better. Did you see that keyboard? Oof. They were either divided between that, but it did look different. And, and we're kind of in an era right now of smartphones where people, there is a little bit of curiosity around changing things up a little bit. And mm -hmm. this certainly did that. So they're divided between that and the reaction to, yeah, but it's Andy Rubin and, you know, <laughs> yeah. screw that guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, there were a lot of publications who basically came out and said, like, we don't really care what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We're not going to report on it because right. of, of these uh, allegations. So... Uh, my how how fast things change now. Did now did you have the essential phone yourself? Were you a user? Were you a fan of it back back when it first launched? I did. I, I got the phone. I um, it was interesting because Essential released it um, in the U.S. as an unlocked phone for four ninety nine. So it was a really attractively priced device. It was made of titanium, so it felt really sturdy. It had that modular three hundred and sixty degree camera accessory that is right. that came with the phone as well for, in a bunch of pre-orders. So people were really excited about it. Up here in Canada, it was a TELUS exclusive. Uh, TELUS is one of the big three carriers up here. And in fact, it was, I believe, the last exclusive phone that TELUS ever released. So, you know, just a little bit of a tidbit. They were really, really excited. Um, one of my coworkers went down to Playground to actually um, spend some time with the Essential team and to meet Ruben and, and just go over why this was an exciting time for smartphones again um, under you know under his guidance and you know there was a lot of hope that this would revitalize this this sort of pixel like but not quite straight from google um smartphone market right where mm -hmm. you we no longer had these cheaper nexus phones that you could buy for three four hundred dollars and maybe the essential phone and its its successors would fill that gap and I think amongst people like like us who love Android and really buy everything and anything, there was this hope that that Ruben would have this grander vision that would come to materialize. But once that report came out in The New York Times, I think everybody saw that vision would not come to come to be come to pass. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, it's it's kind of amazing when you think about like in the last three years, three to four years from when we first started hearing about Essential, the amount of money that the company, you know, had had invested in it, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And over the course of that entire time, literally all that we have is one single smartphone that was released three years ago and a whole lot of promises beyond that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, I mean, it could not survive under the weight of everything else, all of the external forces, Andy Rubin, uh, I'm sure the marketplace has a lot to do with it. Uh, so many reasons why. Do you think we're going to see a return of Andy Rubin? I mean, you know, considering his background um, in the smartphone world, there's history there that he can always uh, attempt to try and tap into. But then we've also got, you know, the very big, uh, big sea of allegations around him and kind of his his personal profile as far as that's concerned. Do you think we're going to see him kind of ro you know, turn around sometime in a couple of years and try and do another smartphone? 
So I, I have my personal feelings, uh, which I can I can keep to myself, and I and I have what I what I believe is is a um, an environment where where some people are are able to come back after these allegations, especially if you know there is no there are no charges laid against uh, mm-hmm. somebody who has been accused of such terrible terrible misconduct. I don't think we'll see Andy Rubin in the public sphere for a while, if ever. I do believe that his reputation has been tarnished to such an extent that very few people are going to want to give him money. Nobody's going to run out and say, okay, well, we want you to build another playground or another essential. We don't want you to incubate our companies again. Um, he may get away with consulting behind the scenes, which we've seen a few times from yeah. from men who have been sort of pushed into the background due to um, sexual harassment and, and misconduct allegations. But uh, I do not see him ever coming back into this sphere and being a public face of, of tech or of, of Android in particular. It just it doesn't seem reasonable to expect that to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and I would agree with that, too. Uh, Daniel, it's so good to see your face, and I'm happy to get you on the show again. Daniel Bader, of course, Android Central, Mobile Nations. Uh, if people want to follow you online, where can they find you? Well, I'm at Journey Dan on Twitter, and you can find the work of my amazing, amazing coworkers, of which Micah used to be one. I miss you so much, buddy. Miss you too, uh, pal. At, uh, <laughs> at AndroidCentral.com, and iMore, of course, which is uh, our, our place where all the iPhone things get uh, get talked about. That's right. Right on, Daniel. Thank you for hopping on. We'll talk Thank to you soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Up next, laser guns. <gasps> pew, pew. But for real. Wait, like what? real laser guns. Do they make that sound? I No, I don't think they make any sound. Oh, darn I it. think they're totally silent, uh, which makes a lot of sense, actually. But it would be kind of cool if they did. But anyways, we're going to talk all about it. <laughs> it's complicated, okay? Okay. But first, this episode of Tech News Weekly is brought to you by Zapier. Growing businesses uh, can be really difficult. It's really hard to grow a business. You should know this. Like, I've never grown a business myself uh, personally, but uh, if it was easy, we'd all be doing it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't want to be wasting hours every day moving data from emails to spreadsheets to your CRM to wherever you need it to go. Really, it should just happen, especially if you understand the process and kind of the uh, different apps and services that might be involved to do all that stuff. And that's what Zapier is all about. Zapier has over 1,500 apps and is the easiest way to automate your work. So you can focus on what matters most. Connect all of your business software to do a number of things for your business and really use your imagination to kind of come up with with how you can use it. But you can engage your leads instantly. You can automatically import new customers, do things like notify your team about opportunities. All of this automation happening behind the scenes that makes you more effective in your job. Zapier is also more customizable. They support multi-step zaps and That means that the possibilities are virtually endless. You can have multiple steps within your Zap. So this happens, and then that happens, and then that happens between these two. Uh, Really, uh, it's complex. It's a complex system Mm -hmm. made easy. Mm -hmm. You can build the solution that you need in minutes. No more wasting your time on tasks that you know could be automated because that's exactly what Zapier was built to do. You just go to zapier.com slash tnw. Connect the apps that you use most and let Zapier take it from there. And best of all, it's easy to build the exact solution you need in minutes without writing code, thankfully, or without having to ask a developer for help. 
It's made easy for you. Join more than 4.5 million people who are saving an average of 40 hours per month by using Zapier. We use Zapier here. I use it to take notes that I put into Evernote, uh, audio notes especially, and have those backed up to my Google Drive automatically. Nice. You've created a Zap, Micah, yes. that takes our prompter script and puts it in the, the prompter directory mm -hmm. automatically when there's an update there. And that's just a couple of ideas. You can think about what you do on a daily basis all the apps that you use and uh, create some links between them and uh, your imagination can run wild on that. Make more time to grow your business. Right now, through the end of the month, try Zapier free by going to zapier.com slash TNW. That's Z-A-P-I-E-R.com slash TNW. And you'll get a free 14-day trial when you do that. Zapier.com slash TNW. And we thank Zapier for their support. All right. In news that shows how science fiction uh, eventually, ultimately becomes science fact, laser guns that can kill people. Whoa. They exist. Whoa, Apparently, whoa, whoa. China is working, has developed uh, a laser assault rifle. It's called the ZKZM500, and it's... Uh, Does it flip? What's that? Does it flip? Does it flip? No, it doesn't. Not that I know of. I mean, ZKZK flip. <laughs> the Samsung ZKZK flip with a laser. No, no, no. This, uh, I don't think Samsung wants anything to do with this yet, anyways. It can target uh, from one kilometer away, a little more than like, like a half a mile, three quarters of a mile, somewhere around there. 15 millimeter caliber, weighs 6.6 .6 pounds, which is similar to an AK 47. By the way, I or am not a gun guy at all. I just think it's really interesting that we're starting to like venture into this world oh, of like laser weaponry, um, which feels like science fiction. This thing can burn skin through instant carbonization. So basically it could shine on your skin for a couple of seconds and start to burn a hole through you. So you're not going to be encased in carbonite. You're going to die. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's, inc I mean, as you can imagine, incredibly painful. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be if this happened. It could also ignite flammable objects. So you could burn through a gas tank <gasps> to ignite a quote to ignite the fuel storage facility in a military airport. What? Uh, specific example, but there you go. There's a, there's an idea. Uh, like I said, it's totally silent. The beam is invisible to the human eye. I don't this like just this. This keeps getting worse, doesn't it? I don't it? like this at all. <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. Um, not only that, it doesn't cost that much. It costs roughly uh, 20 and a half, uh, like $20,500. So, I mean, one is $20,500. One, one would be around 20 grand. Yeah, let's say. I hate this. Yeah, I know. I, I, I hate it too. Uh, apparently, a uh, lithium ion battery that's capable of 1,000 blasts at, blasts at two seconds apiece. Okay. So, I mean, really, this is this is Star Wars here. We're we're getting into Star Wars territory. It's just that it's assault rifle instead of pistol, and uh, I mean, even in Star I mean, yeah, Wars, I'm sure there are rifle quite versions. Quite literally, some Star Wars blaster uh, stuff. nonsense. Yeah, Except it's even scarier because you don't make a sound, and it's not fired by stormtroopers that can't hit a tin can. Yeah, that's two true. Stormtroopers are historically bad at aiming. Yes. So any everything else is in danger. <laughs> That they're shooting for. This is horrifying. Yeah. Um, so, so, so these are in production. 
Uh, apparently, they have developed it. They have intentions, and by they, I mean uh, in China, <laughs> they, have they expect they have this, their intention from from the the article that I read on Gizmodo um, to to give these to the Chinese police as an anti terrorism tool. Oh my lord! But uh, I mean, so it's. China's kind of, in so many ways, waging a war on its own uh-huh. citizens. Uh, so, I mean, this just, this is bad. I don't like this I at don't all. like this. What, thanks, I hate it. Yeah, okay. Well, now you know it exists. Mm-hmm. I've done my job. It is possible that the UN could create uh, a protocol around this. They created the blinding laser weapons ban back in 1998 that Ooh, bans foresight. laser weapons that cause permanent blindness. I don't... I'm, I'm guessing that doesn't apply to this because I mean, no, permanent blindness is different. If you shine than, at someone's eye, would cause permanent blindness. Well, when that's it carbonizes true. Okay, the eye. right. I'm a lawyer. Okay, I'm I mean that's true. It would cause blindness. Yeah, it would also b- burn a hole <laughs> directly through you front to back. Uh, so it's a lot worse than that. Oh, this is horrifying. Yeah. So, anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to be a downer. <laughs> Just letting you know this exists. Don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. And uh, we should all be frightened of this, these guns. Okay, what do you have? I don't even remember. <laughs> oh, facial recognition. Oh, Something that's else fun we topic. Be frightened about? Yes. Um, so there's a there's a bill that's been suggested. I'm just a bill, just an ordinary bill. <laughs> right now, it's just an ordinary bill that started out on Capitol Hill, uh-huh. uh, proposed by two Democratic senators. Uh, it's called the Ethical Use of Artificial Intelligence Act. Let's see, that's E U A I A. So not a clever acronym there. Um, the the bill would establish a congressional commission that's made up of 13 members. Um, there would be people on it appointed by the president, people on it appointed uh, by Congress. There would be federal immigration and law enforcement officers, and there would be privacy and tech experts. But the most important thing to me and the thing that I was really glad to see, uh, good job, Senator Cory Booker and Senator Jeff Merkley, is that there would also be six committee members that come from communities impacted by the use of facial recognition. Oh, I like that, yeah. So that's kind of one of the big things about facial recognition that we see right now uh, whenever we're talking about sort of the the downsides of it, especially with uh, companies like Ring and and how they're using facial recognition technology, which I love every time we bring up Ring. (laughs) There's lots of conversation about it. Oh, my goodness, Um, But But given that, I like that uh, people impacted by facial recognition, the group that, you know, those of us who are sort of skeptical of this technology are trying to protect would be a part of this committee. Um, I think that's very smart. So important. Yeah, absolutely. Important for for that perspective. Um, Um, And so right now, all this bill would do is say, hey, on a federal level, we won't use facial recognition and AI technology together until we have established this commission uh, to recommend guidelines. So there would be limits put in place. There would be guidelines put in place. um, But until that happens, uh, this would be you know, a ban at the federal level for for people to use this technology. So kind of just puts a pause and says, hey, 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 we got to work together. We've got to figure out what's right and what's wrong about this um, to make sure that, and this is, this I think is an impossible goal. I don't think you could ever pull this fully off, but I quote, uh, to ensure facial recognition does not produce bias or inaccurate results. That's going to yeah. happen no matter what. But 
that it, it could be better about it. To what degree? Yeah. yeah. Um, and not to create a constant state of surveillance of individuals in the United States that don't allow for a level of reasonable anonymity. I and think that that's, right there is super important. Yeah, I think that it would be, uh, I think that it's completely honorable and right that we as citizens have a certain uh, level of anonymity day to day. So, yeah. I'd be curious to see how much, you know, how far this go- goes. Mm-hmm. And how much teeth it has from an enforcement standpoint. I mean, obviously, I think the example to compare facial recognition and what could happen, you know, against would be, you know, here we are again, China mm-hmm. and their facial recognition systems that are that, you know, from the articles that I've read and the reporting that I've read are actively just scanning streets to identify people and and match them up and 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 all that with uh, with criminals and everything. And on one hand, you're like, okay, well, great, criminals get identified, but everybody else is being tracked as a result. And there's so so, and I think that's that's the 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 tricky position of facial recognition because I think everyone could probably understand a a use of facial recognition that makes sense mm-hmm. from a crime standpoint from you know from identifying someone in a crime or something like that there is probably a level in this continuum that makes sense but it's very easy to veer into the other side where where well we've got the tools and we can so why don't we because mm-hmm. then that prevents these other things from happening mm-hmm. and uh i don't know sometimes when i think about it i i, I feel a little pessimistic about it just thinking like that is the inevitability like inevitably that is where it is headed yeah uh and i don't want it to get there but it certainly makes a whole lot of things easy for people who are looking for solutions and looking for ways to take advantage potentially of those solutions I agree. Um, I was just going to say, you know, we are not the only ones thinking about this, obviously. The European Union is also uh, talking, or at least they had been talking about a five-year moratorium on facial recognition technology. Mm. No longer talking about a five-year moratorium, but certainly paying attention to it. It's just, I think right now, a back and forth of trying to make sure that um, regulations are put in place to protect people while we continue to just see this technology explode and build and it's kind of hard to catch up uh, particularly when you have folks in places of power who do not know um, as much about technology and uh, or do not care do not care yeah Yeah. do not have a handle on it and instead are going help me with my email you're my only hope help me with my email you're my only hope (laughs) um Okay, well, uh, that, that, that sorry to Laser show such a downer. How about we change it and we end it on an upper? Oh, uh, because we are launching new shows here at Twit. You launched one last week. Yes, uh, yeah. So I announced it two weeks ago. The first episode hit last Thursday. The next episode's coming out today. Uh, we're going to include a video at the end so you can learn all about it. But it's called Hands on iOS. You can head to twit.tv/hoi to learn more after you watch the little video and. Jason, you what? You just launched episode zero of your new show. What? Shut the front door! You I did not. Totally oh yes, I did. did. That's right. Hands on Android. See? Oh, so I get it. Hands you got your iOS. iOS thing. I got my Android. You've got thing. your hands on your Androids. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, of, of which I have so many Androids. So uh, you're welcome to use any of them if you would like. <laughs> I'll, I'll set it up for you. Beep. 
Uh, but yeah, Hands on Android, uh, episode zero launched today. Twit.tv slash HOA. Tips, tricks, um, deep dives. When new OS updates come out, I want to like dive into them and see what they're all about. Weekly show, very similar. If, if, if anyone has checked out Hands on iOS, I mean, we're kind of doing similar things, different yeah. OS. Different so, OS. Yeah, it's, it's Same exciting hands. times. No, different hands. Different hands, different OS, same feel. Same, same. Yeah, okay, we'll work on that one. Yeah, we'll think about it. (laughs) We'll we'll think about that, but twit.tv slash HOI for hands on iOS, twit.tv slash HOA for hands on Android. There you go. And soon we'll be launching. I'm done. Not even going to make a joke. You'll be lancing. I'm done. (laughs) It's time for Twit's annual audience survey. You probably have heard us talking about that. That's because we want to hear from you. It only takes five minutes, if that. Uh, all you have to do is head to twit.to slash survey20 and let us know what you think. No sign-up form. We don't track you or anything like that. It just helps whenever you send your feedback. So along, of course, with uh, helping us out by heading to those sponsor links that we include, you know, we offer the, the shows for free. We're an ad-supported network. Uh, this is one of the ways that you can show your support for Twit. So we do appreciate you heading to twit.to slash survey20. Yes, please. All right. Tech News Weekly publishes every Thursday. Show page is at twit.tv slash TNW. That's where you can go to subscribe to this show in audio and video formats, whichever you like. They're all there. You can also be a part of the show by emailing us at tnw at twit.tv. You can also follow us on social media. Twit is at twit on Twitter, at twit.tv on Instagram, at twittalk on TikTok. And if you want to tweet at me... I'm at Micah Sargent on pretty much all of the social networks. Uh, I think I've gotten some new follows on Byte, uh, oh, which is oh. Vine. Active on Byte? I'm not active. I'm a, I'm a lurker. I'm You're a bite, parasite. Bite lurker. <laughs> which was the winner. Congratulations, Parasite. Yeah. Laser gun, laser that. gun, laser gun. Okay. Pew, pew. Uh, I'm at Jason Howell on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who helps us do the show each and every week. We've got John, John, Jeff. We've got Masako in here. Everybody jumps in Ant from time to time. Ant was taking here. photos of us yep, yep. as he does. Yep. We appreciate everyone's help uh, putting this show together each and every week. And we appreciate you watching yeah. and listening. So we'll see you next week on Tech News Weekly. Bye, everybody. Ow. Laser gun. Ow. We should have pew-pewed each other, I think. Oh. <laughs> So you got an Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad or any number of iOS, iPadOS, tvOS, watchOS devices, and now you want to get the best out of them. Well, that's what I'm here to help you with. You've got questions, you got apps you want to try out, you want to learn some secrets, some tips and tricks. That's what this show is all about. It's hands-on iOS, and I'm so pumped to guide you through getting the most out of your iOS devices. So. If you want to check out the show, go ahead and click subscribe. You can do so in Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or whatever podcast application you use. And if you want to check it out, just head to twit.tv slash HOI to learn more.